Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi everyone and welcome along to the latest episode of the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. Delighted to be joined by birthday boy Stuart Roach. Stuart, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm a lot older than I uh, than, than I, I, I want to let on and uh, I feel like I, I'm getting older every Sunday. <laughs> every Sunday it seems like I'm aging I'm aging two or three weeks at a go uh but yeah no feeling good yeah age is but a number and uh yeah yeah so uh all, all good here all good here well you know relatively speaking all good here I wonder can the uh can the Broncos give you a, a present for for your birthday this weekend we'll get that into that a little bit uh later on uh Michael is unable to join us due to illness so we want to wish him uh, a speedy recovery but it has been I, I an unforgettable week and yet a week to forget Stuart let's let's start by going back to last Sunday and that win over the Washington football team what did you make of the game that was one of the worst games of football I've ever seen. Um, it was dreadful. It was. It, it reminded me of Eamon Dunphy's, uh, I can't remember what game he was talking about, which was the the two drunks outside a nightclub throwing digs at each other in, you know, in, in, a, in an awful fight. Um, 
I'm not joking. I I I I uh, got into bed late on Saturday night, and I think I almost fell asleep a couple of times. And that's the first time that's ever happened to me in a Broncos game, even including the ones that kicked off at 1:30 in the morning and finished at five on one occasion. I think the Cincinnati Bengals against Peyton Manning in his last year. I think we are against Brock Osweiler. I think we went to overtime, and I recall going to bed at five. I still was less tired than I was watching that dreadful uh, example of football on Sunday. It, it was it was it was incredible to watch. Um I think Colm, you had pointed out on last week's podcast that the one thing the Washington the Washington football team did was they leaked points. They were averaging I think 31 points a game against going into this. Um we scored 17 points against one of the worst defenses we're going to see all year I mean I think you're, you're now at the stage you know, kind of. I mean we've been saying this for a while where, where the wind's going to come from I think you've got the Lions who are clearly got their sights on uh, the first pick in the draft um, after that I, I, I just you, you look at the schedule and you go oh my god I don't know where, where we're scoring touchdowns I don't know where the winds are coming from um, we were absolutely blessed in that game on Sunday evening um, we gave um uh, the Washington football team two bites at the cherry, not just one, two bites at the cherry in the last couple of minutes, and they were unable to to to, to take advantage of it. Look, it goes without saying we're playing a better team the other night. We're going to lose that game in overtime. I'm convinced of it. Um, Heineke had a dreadful, but really, really awful performance in the red zone. I think Washington were in scoring positions. Was it seven times they 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 took seven trips to into not into the red zone, but into scoring positions. And they came away with 10 points. So, you know, we're, we're there was one of those ones you kind of go, we're dragging them down to our level. They're dragging down, us down to, to their level. It, an awful game of football. And I think the last drive of that game, to me, um, in, in a strange kind of a way, was, you know, it, it's Keystone Cops nature. Um, you know, the, the, the running the ball and then throw, you know, the bootleg and then throwing it, not hitting the ground, which is what was designed to do fumble uh, you, you know I think that put a really sour taste in Broncos fans mouths after that game and it really did actually feel like a loss and um, which is certainly the first time I think I've ever experienced that so um yeah just just terrible um and I think any sort of notions that we may have had about where this team was at really had to end and I think ended during that last drive because that was just incompetence in a whole new level. It was so bad that even Vic Fangio called it out after the game. And that's certainly a, I mean, Vic is fond of throwing people under the bus um, as we've seen, but he's been reluctant to throw his old pal Pat Shermer under the bus, but you know, he, he more or less did. Um, so yeah, just a, just an awful game. Um, yeah. We got the win. We're four and four. We're, we're still right in the mix according to George, uh, we're not the only mix we're in is, is in the mix to, 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 to get a top 10 pick in my opinion. Yeah. I'm, I, I really think last weekend was one to forget. There were more than 11,000 no shows, which was the talk of Broncos country, but you don't have to go back that far to, two years ago when there were 19,000 no-shows for Drew Locke's debut, which also happened under Vic Fangio. So there's a common denominator here, uh, the, the loss of enthusiasm amongst Broncos fans, the fact that this is the team that struggles 
so badly to score points. And this year, we're actually averaging fewer points than we had done previously. We're a bit higher up. We're, we're 23rd, though, because there are some truly awful teams this year when you consider Houston, the Lions, the Jets, the the Jags under. You could argue, to me, you could argue about who the worst team in the league is and um, there, there are there are many bad teams. We're not we're not at that level, but there is only one candidate actually for worst head coach, and that's Urban Meyer. But that's a, a, a different discussion. But to to me, Taylor Heineke, my goodness, we were haunted to be playing such a, a poor QB, a guy who just has no idea where pressure comes from, had all sorts of opportunities and just couldn't take advantage of them. Now, in fairness, Justin Simmons came up big um, when need be. But yeah, I think you're you're right, Stuart, that the ending to the game really left a, a sour taste. And it it's not just um, even Broncos fans saying it. Uh, Peter King, who we haven't featured very much in his Good Morning football column on a Monday morning, but uh, he he titled uh, the Broncos piece this week, I don't want to diss Denver, but woof, and went on to kind of talk about, you know, how it was one of the most bizarre endings to a game that he's seen. Peter King's been watching football for, for a long time, but the Broncos got the, the win. They went to four and four, and then... Von Miller didn't play in the game. There had been a little bit of speculation. You'd have to say that maybe he was being held out for um, a potential. There might be a trade, but there there hadn't been any rumors about who it might be. And then all of a sudden, the story breaks. Obviously, that the trade is has happened to all uh, intents and purposes. Your thoughts on the trade, and I suppose on Von's legacy in Denver. Yeah, the, I think Colm, you'd sent me a you sent me a tweet um, at some stage uh, on the day of the game that there was a bit of speculation, sort of building that Vaughn may have played his last game because he was inactive for the game against Washington. Um, Vaughn is. I was just thinking about this. Uh, like St- Steve Atwater was. I mean, one of the first things I did with Broncos Europe was I penned a, a sort of a love letter to Steve Atwater. It was so long that it actually took two separate. Um, uh, blog posts. Um, so Steve Atwater, up until the point we drafted Von Miller, was the best defensive player I think I'd ever seen for the Broncos. Now we've had some amazing players, and you know, like yourself, I've been supporting the Broncos since the mid '80s. So you've seen the the Dennis Smiths and the the Carl Mecklenburgs and the the Simon Fletchers, you, you know, and and we've had some outstanding defensive players. But I think Von Miller is, to me. Uh, the greatest defensive player in franchise history. He was an absolute game wrecker. Um, he was the closest thing I think I've ever seen to Derek Thomas. I mean, you, you can look at someone like Lawrence Taylor. I think Derek Thomas was the player that Vaughn immediately reminded me of. What I loved about Vaughn was his his attitude, his spirit, his... He didn't come... It didn't always come easy to him. He had that injury, he had those issues where, he, you know, it looked like he might go off the rails a little bit. I mean, in fairness, Elway, who, you know, his legacy sort of changed in the latter years after the Super Bowl win, but he was clever enough, John, to 
to realize that Vaughn needed a mentor. He got him into Marcus Ware. Um, and in the in the the absence of a quarterback, um, which you know continues to to haunt us to this day, Vaughn was by far and away the face of the franchise. And it's funny because I think one of the guys on on one of the talk radios, I think it was 1043, the fan was saying, is who is the face of the franchise now? Um, and, and the answer is he isn't on the roster at the moment. Um, Justin Simmons is probably the closest you can get, maybe one of the rookies. Um, I mean, I was glad that we did right by Vaughn, I think, in the sense that we sent him to the Rams and not one of those awful teams that, that we'd spoken about. I mean, the advantage is he goes to the NFC, I suppose. Also, the Rams have a legit shot at winning the Super Bowl this year. Um, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not as strong as they were. The Packers are good, but, you know, they've now put together a fearsome defense. They've got a, a veteran quarterback in Matt Stafford. They've got a good, young offensive head coach. Imagine having a good young offensive head coach. So I was happy in that regard because I think, you know, you 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 want to do right by a, such a magnificent servant for, for the franchise. Um, and I think we also did well out of it because if Vaughn had stayed for the rest of the season, we would have paid him the, the 9.7 million anyway. Um, and the best we would have got from when he almost inevitably would have walked away would have been a fifth round compensatory pick. So now we get a second and a third. So a second and a third is 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 not to be sneezed at because I think in an ideal world, they'll be used as a package to move up, hopefully in the draft and finally select the quarterback that we want to get. Um, so I think initially there was sadness because you never want to see one of your heroes leave. You want, you know, really in an ideal world, you wanted Vaughn to see out his career um, with the Broncos. Um, but I think the injuries had begun to kind of sort of mount up a little bit um, so I think it might be one of those situations where it's kind of a win for both teams. And that doesn't happen that often. I think, I mean, I, I will, I've always been kind of fond of the Rams anyway, so I, I'll certainly be looking out for them as my NFC team from here on in. Um, this year, I'd love to see Vaughn win another Super Bowl. Um, and I think we have now added two significant pieces to next year's draft. Hopefully, as I say, this was something that we will put together some kind of a bumper package to to finally um, to, to to get over the hump in regards to our quarterback. And so, in in some ways, maybe if Vaughn does one last thing for the Broncos, it is to help us to uh, to to identify and, and and move up and get get our guy once and for all. Uh, but yeah, just a magnificent player. I mean, I think the the run Vaughn went on in the AFC Championship game and then continued on into the Super Bowl was without question the greatest run of the Broncos defensive players gone on. Um, again, Steve Atwater was the only performance I can remember from a Broncos defender that came close in Super Bowl against the Packers where Atwater was everywhere. But I think Vaughn exceeded that with his performance in the Super Bowl. But even in the AFC Championship game, you look at those highlights, he was everywhere. I mean, that game only became close when both of our safeties went out injured and Brady started chucking it long because we had so many injuries. But if if Darian Stewart and if TJ Ward had stayed fit, that game wasn't even remotely close. And it was mainly to do with Vaughn Miller and Marcus where I reckon havoc against a decent Patriots offensive line. Um, so yeah, it's a sad day, Colin, but it, it, you know, in some ways I think there, it was the right thing to do for the franchise and also for Vaughn Miller, because, you know, as you said, I think maybe we identified that this is, you know, where we're four and four, but we're nowhere close and I think we've done right by Vaughn, which I think is 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 a good thing for everybody. 
Yeah, and Vaughn, as I think you've you've said it, Stuart, he's a legendary character and always will be. But this team, despite the four and four record, is not going anywhere. And so to give Vaughn the opportunity to get have a chance at a ring. And we we've seen that, you know, in, in recent years, guys move on and, uh, you know, do do well elsewhere. So absolutely wish Vaughn all the luck and success at the, the Rams. I'm not a huge fan of their owner, but they have a, a really fantastic team. And to add a piece like Von Miller, uh, you saw Aaron Donald's reaction on Twitter, which to, to me said it all. And they will be amazing to watch on both sides of the ball, undoubtedly. But the Von trade happened, you know, well before the deadline. And there was all sorts of speculation that there might be others that would follow. That wasn't to be. And George Payton stepped up to the podium yesterday to uh, speak to the media. What were your thoughts on what George said? Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is a family podcast, I imagine. So I, I can't speak my mind as candidly as I, I might want to. I'm hopeful that George is being um, almost a politician in regards to the things he said, although I think in that case he might learn from members of Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael and the Tory party in England to how to, how to answer a question without actually saying anything of any significance. Um, I, as I said, I, I was disappointed and I was, you know, it was always painful to to see a, a legendary player leave but I felt hopeful because I thought this is the first step now um, in regards to the Broncos finally admitting that we need to rebuild this team because there's been a uh, a certain sort of head in the sands attitude since Super Bowl 50 that we weren't rebuilding that we were still a contender and we're not a contender we've been close to being a contender one season which was Gary Kubiak's last season when the Broncos were close to making the playoffs and they had a couple of drop passes against the Jaguars which would have got them in as a wild card we've been nowhere next to near close since then we're nowhere close this year so you trade away the face of the franchise um that action to, to me should speak. We have now embraced where we are as a team, regardless of our record, which has been inflated by playing four of the worst teams in the NFL. Anytime we've come up against a good team, we've been absolutely rinsed. So this to me was a positive, even though allowing for the disappointment of on leaving. Um, and unfortunately, less than 24 hours later, an awful lot of that feeling of positivity um, sort of washed away because you've got, George Payton saying that one of the reasons he took the job was because of Vic Fangio. Now, that should send a shiver down the spine of any Denver Broncos fan because we've seen what Vic Fangio is. Like, the likelihood is Vic Fangio is probably going to finish 
seven and ten this season. Um, and and that may even be generous. Um, so so Vic will have another losing record, which will put his overall record in, into absolute, you know, Cleveland Browns 10 years ago levels of head coaching. Um, so as I said, maybe George is playing this one close to his chest. Maybe he's he's kind of going, there's no point in giving media any fuel now to put onto this fire. Um, but if he believes that, then this franchise is in huge trouble because if Vic Fangio is there again next season, then not only is Vic going to be there again next season, um, Shermer won't be there because I think th- there needs to be a head um, put on a pike somewhere along the line. But the likelihood is Vic's QB, Teddy, is going to be back again next season. And if you think 11,000 no-shows is, is a story, what's it going to be like next year? There's no way you can sell that to Broncos fans. The only reason that Vaughn Miller being traded was palatable was because it was supposed to be the beginning of something. Um, and then, as is typical with the Broncos in the last couple of years, they didn't follow through. There is no reason, unless literally no team was offering anything for players like Melvin Gordon not to have been traded, Kyle Fuller not to have been traded. I would have traded Teddy Bridgewater straight away back to the Saints for whatever they would have given you. There's those actions, as you say, speak louder than words. By not continuing to trade, which is what everybody assumed was going to happen. The minute Vaughn went, you went, okay, basically it's open season on any of the players apart from the core young talent. And for that not to happen really left a very peculiar feeling around the Broncos and being a Broncos fan. Because now, I, if you if we'd had this podcast immediately after Vaughn was traded column, I would have went, this is this is a sad moment, but it's positive because I think we're now beginning to really embrace where we are. And, I, and once you, you know, the cliche is once you admit you have a problem, then you're on the first road to, to, to fixing it. And um, I don't know if we're on the road to fixing this problem because the stuff that George Payton was coming out with yesterday was, was, was horrifying to listen to at times. Teddy Bridgewater is one of our core guys. We never talk about trading. Teddy Bridgewater is one of our core guys. I mean, really? Teddy Brid- Like, we've seen what Teddy is now. This is what Teddy's always been. Um, the, the stuff about Vic, I, I, look, I don't know. There's better ways of answering those questions if you don't want to give local media fuel. He didn't. Um, I, I can only hope, as I said, he's, 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 he's just being, you know, political about the whole thing knowing full well that he's going to tear it all down at the end of the season but i i I came away from that yesterday baffled baffled you should have warned me before you sent me the link to that press conference i i was i was just about ready to go to sleep and then i I watched this video nasty unfold in front of me and i i shuddered for for some time afterwards i Michael um, tweeted the final scene from Breaking Bad at the uh, at the end of the press conference, which was probably a, a fitting response. I think um, I think you have said a lot there, Stuart. My my only hope is that the Broncos have to have an owner by March of next year. Um, we're going to find out, you know, what happens after that. I think an, a new owner will surely usher in a new era we we are in desperate need of an owner as you know we record this the whole aaron Rodgers situation is playing out but the packers given their stature i imagine the treatment will be very different to 
a Broncos team who didn't have an owner and the NFL, you know, were, were grateful to be able to make an example of last year, although the Broncos gave them the opportunity to do that. But we need a new owner. We need a new head coach. We need a franchise QB. It's it's as simple as that. Hopefully we're, we're going to go there. But here we are sitting at the midway point of the season and we have we make a trip to the six and one Dallas Cowboys. Now, I'm I'm interested in, in your thoughts, I suppose, on the, the, this game. I will say that uh, Gil Brandt, the Hall of Famer, the legendary Cowboys figure, tweeted to say, if I'm the Cowboys, I hold Dak out this week against the Broncos, who have pretty much thrown up the white flag. I heard Vic Fangio just before we started recording saying there's no surrender mentality around here. What are what are your thoughts about the Broncos as they head to Jerry's world? So I think when we spoke a few weeks ago, just before the Browns game, myself and Michael had assumed that Baker Mayfield was going to be fit, and then he he didn't uh, he, he didn't make it. So the Browns still won. Um, this, if Dak Prescott plays and if he's fit, and by the way, what Gilbrand said makes sense, but it's also a, a, an unbelievable insult to the Broncos, as, and and I think it just kind of sheds a bit of light on what some of the rest of the NFL think of the Broncos and where they're at at the moment. Um, if Dak Prescott plays and if Dak Prescott is, is remotely sharp, this could be a, a, a Super Bowl in the 1980s type of scoreline um, if the Cowboys are bothered because the Cowboys have a huge amount of weapons. They also have, um, it's Kellamond, I think is the... Um, their offensive coordinator. Calamond is a name that Broncos fans should should hope um, is one that they hear an awful lot about. Kelly, Kellen Moore, I think. Kellen Moore is, Kellen Moore, the, sorry, is no. the QB. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, sorry, no, Kellen Moore, I beg your pardon. Yeah, no, he's... he's the, so you... you, you um, himself and, and uh, Byron Leftwich and I think the chap from the Bills whose name escapes me, there are three young offensive coordinators that I think are the type of, of, of people that we should be targeting, hopefully, in January. Uh, unless you know George actually meant what he said about one of the reasons he took the job was because of Vic, which you know anyway, let's not go there again. So I think you know it, it, this is an opportunity to to see what a really good team looks like. Um, you know they also went early in the draft and they went defense in the draft, but they got Mike Parsons who is a wrecking ball. Um, they have a lot of weapons on offense. Um, I, I think Cooper Rush. Uh, he got the job done against the Vikings. Um, the Vikings are not exactly a, you know, a powerhouse at the moment. They're just kind of a team that's kind of treading water. But, you know, it was the guys, I think it was his first start in the NFL. And, you know, he, he struggled at the beginning, but he, he did what he needed to do towards the end. Lovely touchdown pass to win the game. Um, but I'm assuming Dak's going to play. And if Dak plays, we will be doing very well to keep this to within a 14-point loss um, very, very well because we're banged up on defense. Um, our offense is is really poor. Um, like, we put up 17 points against the uh, the Washington football team. Uh, if, they, if that's the best we can muster then, unless the defense manages to acquire some really good field position courtesy of a, you know, a, a strip sack or an interception, 
we're not marching up and down the field controlling the, the clock we we could get a, a real absolute you know embarrassing defeat if Prescott is fit if he's not fit then I think the Cowboys are still stronger than us by considerable distance. Maybe Vic will do the thing where he makes young quarterback struggle. In that case, the Cowboys will probably just run the ball in Ezekiel Alley. Like, you know, I think we were lucky in that the the Washington's um, running back didn't look like, I think you'd flagged him last week, Colin. I don't think he was 100% fit. Um, Ezekiel Elliott looks pretty sharp to me. So, yeah, anything, like even a 10-point loss in this game is, is actually something of an achievement. Um, so this, this, you know, we, this is an early kickoff as well, I think, Colin, isn't it? So this is not something that we, these are not, uh, you know, away from home, those early kickoffs. This is not something that tends to be um, comfortable territory for us. So I'm expecting nothing less than a, a, a resounding defeat for the Broncos at the weekend to, to ruin my, my birthday weekend. What I find interesting is that the Cowboys sit at six and one, and they have 16 players on IR, which they have almost 37 and a half million. It's 18, almost 18 and a half percent of their cap. It's more than even the Broncos. And we know the Broncos are beat up, but you look at that Cowboys team and they went out the other night without their franchise QB, without um, their, their tackles, without their premier pass rusher. They've been really good. They put together a, a fantastic coaching staff, and they, particularly those two coordinators, I think are going to be highly sought after. I think a lot will come down to they picked up even a few more injuries the the other night with Trayvon Diggs picking up an ankle injury, I, I believe, and Amari Cooper is potentially questionable as well. So it's going to be two very beat up sides. I am very interested to see how the Broncos respond after this week and also who kind of takes over the Bond was never a leader in a traditional sense, but he was the face of the franchise, but obviously his loss will be felt who, who steps up into that. If, if they were coming to, to Denver, it would be closer, but it's certainly not going to be easy to, to go to a cowboy a cowboy stadium that's going to be really up for it and against Micah Parsons who Pat Sertain has played very well right he he has but Micah Parsons to me is defensive rookie of the year at the, at the midway point of the the season now the the back end of the season has to come and we have to see but in fairness to Michael Parsons, he was drafted as an ILB, but he's played on the, the edge. He's done everything that they, they've asked him to do. And I don't know if you saw, Stuart, the footage of after the win um, the other night, both of the Joneses were waiting in the tunnel to congratulate Michael Parsons on his performance because they recognized what a contributor he was so he can certainly wreck a, a game plan and that would be a, a big concern I'm hoping we'll see a bit more from Jerry Judy as he eases his way back in after injury I I think that the Broncos generally make it very tough other than if you're a, a really outstanding offense and then we do get blown out, but ordinarily, and the Cowboys might be beaten up enough that we will make it difficult, 
but it's really, really tough for me to see us being able to, to get a win. I, I don't know if we'll, um, you know, get, um, get beaten up, but that they do really well with their two headed monster. Uh, and Zeke looks reborn by, mm. by, and you've got to be impressed by what their, um, OC has done there because coming into the season, it had been the law of diminishing returns with Zeke and, you know, he had obviously started his NFL career so hot, but it felt like, you know, it's tough for running backs, you know, to get there's so much attrition there, but they have found a way to revitalize him. And if those if those two are on form and they they are very difficult to, to stop. Now, if they're missing Gallup and Amari Cooper, that will obviously help us out because then you're talking about Wilson and CD lamb, not, the, not the same, but it, it's going to be a, a, a tough battle. We're going to see um, what this team now is, is made of given, you know, we, we won't have bowls. We won't have Bryce Callahan who seems to be cursed, a, a wonderful talent, but in six seasons in the league has never unfortunately played a, a full season, but really talented. So losing him is, is definitely a blow because he was our one, probably our top performing um, quarterback. And I think in the past three seasons, I would say every year where I've seen Bryce Callan play, I felt he's probably the best quarterback we've had. Unfortunately, he's gotten injured. So yeah, it's tough to, to see us um, doing anything this week. Hopefully, um, you know, we, this, they, they surprise us and uh, we're, we're sitting this time next week talking about the Broncos actually being above 500. It would be nice if that were to, to be the case. Um, Stuart, uh, at, at this point, uh, I think all that remains to, to be said is to, to thank you for joining me to say, I hope you enjoy your birthday weekend. Uh, enjoy the, the celebrations. Hopefully Michael gets well soon. And thanks to all at Mile High Report for their uh, continued support. You can find me on Twitter at Column from Cork. Stuart is at Purple Heart TC and Michael is at Michael NFL. If you enjoy the, the podcast, um, please subscribe and give us a rating and definitely get in touch. We uh, all think all three of us enjoy uh, talking football. So uh, reach out on social media and, uh, and say hello. I'm um, headed stateside myself to see us take on the Chargers in just a few weeks, just after Thanksgiving. So looking forward to that. So until next week, we'll leave it there. So.